Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Did you know that Black and White Sports is the largest independently owned conservative sports brand in the world? We have over 125,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 39 million views. Our episodes get more views than most ESPN programming every single day. And now we have exploded on podcast. We brought our episodes to podcast for you to enjoy at work, school, in the car, on the beach, wherever you choose to consume our audio. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. Subscribe now. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, Check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks, totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money. From going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, monk fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi Coffee delivered to you today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. 
All right, black and white sports fans, we need to talk about the NBA and mainly the NBA play in game from this past season in the Western Conference. Now, we know that LeBron James was no fan of the play in game, but however, he benefited by the play in game because the Lakers had to qualify for the playoffs through the play in game because, you know, they were a mess. The Lakers were injured. Anthony Davis was out. LeBron James was injured. So they dropped all the way down to the play in game. And in that game, they played the Golden State Warriors and LeBron James and the Lakers. They defeated the Golden State Warriors 103 to 100 on a LeBron James three pointer. That is the only way the Lakers got into the playoffs and the Lakers were eliminated in the first round. First time ever in LeBron's career. He didn't advance past the first round. But however, guys, LeBron hitting that three-pointer actually did more damage than it did good. Now, if you're a Lakers fan, you're happy. You're pretty happy if you're a Lakers fan because your team got to go to the playoffs, even though they were eliminated in the first round. But if you are a Warriors fan, actually, if you actually work for the Warriors, if you work concession at Warriors games, it didn't end very well for you because LeBron James hitting that three pointer caused you to lose your health insurance. I'm not making this up, guys. That three pointer did damage. But we're going to be diving into that a little bit more because I can't even blame LeBron James for this. Check this out, guys. Warriors screwed workers out of health care after losing to LeBron James and Lakers. Now, th- this is one of the weirdest stories I've heard in sports. That these uh, concession workers lost their health insurance because the war the Warriors lost to the Lakers. Let, let me let's read this here. OK, it says here Golden State Warriors employees lost their health care for a month. For the month of May, following a LeBron James three-pointer. As if trying to navigate life through a pandemic isn't tough enough, Chase Center concession workers lost their health care for the month of May after the Golden State Warriors lost to the Los Angeles Lakers in the final game of the Western Conference play-in tournament 103-100. The loss not only ruined the Warriors' hopes of making it to the playoffs, but it also confirmed that Chase center concession workers wouldn't meet the requirement of working 10 games in a month to receive health care. If Golden State would have won, is three home playoff games would have allowed for employees to maintain health care for the month. Okay, so but you got you guys also got to remember something also. The Warriors losing that game to the Lakers. They still had a chance to actually qualify for the playoffs. But you got guys got to remember the Warriors lost to the Lakers in their first playing game. They still could have uh, advanced. They won the second game, if I'm not mistaken. But Golden State lost both games. Golden State is the reason why. 
these healthcare workers didn't get health insurance for the month of May. It says here, with under a minute remaining in regulation and the game tied at 100, LeBron James drilled a three-pointer as the shot clock expired to propel the Lakers to the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. With the ball in James' hands, what else did you think was going to happen? He could have missed it, you know. Uh, Los Angeles fans breathed a sigh of relief. Golden State fans clung to the hope of a miracle and Chase Center employees were left with no health care for the month of May. Check this out. Quote, LeBron hitting a three shouldn't cost people their health coverage, said Anand Singh, president of United Here Local 2, the union that represents 930 concession workers at Chase Center and Oracle Park, where the Giants play. Quote, it's absolutely ridiculous to take away workers' health care in a pandemic over something that's no fault of their own. That's one of the reasons we have chosen to fight. Well, if I'm the um, the president here, I would actually say uh, health care, the uh, concession workers shouldn't lose their health coverage because Steph Curry and the Warriors lost. That's the way I would have actually phrased it here in this case. Now, I know LeBron hit that three, but he was doing his job to help his team advance. It says, according to Molly Knight of the long game, Chase Center and Oracle both use a company named Bonapetit, a subcontractor that manages food preparations and sales. Concession workers who are already overwhelmed during games as thousands of fans line up for food and drinks shouldn't have to also worry about working 10 games a month to receive health care, not to mention doing a public health crisis. So that is the catch, folks. For them to get health insurance, they need to work 10 games a month. But it didn't happen because the Golden State Warriors sucked. They sucked. Steph Curry couldn't carry them far enough, okay? I always thought that uh, Steph Curry was a little bit overhyped. I know he's a two-time MVP, and he couldn't carry his team to the playoffs. He couldn't do it. I mean, if you're going to blame somebody, you know, I would actually put it on him, but I get it. This is just the way it is. I mean, I had I actually have a friend that uh, works concession for um, for Texans games. It's actually a side job. I mean, he had a regular job every day, getting benefits from there, but he loved doing it. He's been doing that for, I don't know how many years, 30 years or so. That's his side hustle. He just likes doing it. So, but what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of LeBron James causing concession workers for the Golden State Warriors to lose their health insurance for the month of May. Very, very weird, weird story here. I'm not going to blame LeBron for this. I mean, this is a you have a 50-50 chance of winning a game. And you're working this job. You're at the mercy of the actual game. You really are. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. 
tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Once again, we are going to talk about Alana McLaughlin, the ex-Army Ranger Special Forces male that stepped into the ring last Friday night against a female in a transgender mixed martial arts bout. Now, we made several videos. People are coming out really starting to be critical of what happened the other night. Why? Because we've got something that former Good Morning Britain's host, Piers Morgan, has come out and slammed as woke ideology that is starting to trickle in and now is flooding in to the flat dangerous. And we talked about how dangerous it was to have somebody that was a male get into the ring with a female, okay? And, of course, this fighter has somehow justified his comeback, calling everybody that's against this transphobes, because that's what happens, all right? Um, we're supposed to somehow feel bad that this guy is getting in a ring and somehow, some way, got an athletic commission. By the way, Florida Athletic Commission, you sanctioned this fight. You were a joke. Okay, you are a joke. This is dangerous. You should have never sanctioned this fight, but you did. Uh, well, he has come out and he has hammered what we saw the other night. I don't always agree on everything Pierce has got to say, but I found this article interesting and wanted to share it because he is none too happy, much like the rest of us. It was the moment ideology met cold, hard reality. Alana McLaughlin, 38, the second transgender MMA fighter to compete in the sport, the other one being Fallen Fox, who Joe Rogan has been very critical of, used a powerful chokehold, a rear naked choke, to beat Celine Provost, 32. Now, talking about the uh, female fighter was more skilled and experienced fighter during their bout on Friday night. McLaughlin only took up MMA earlier this year, whereas Provost has been doing it a decade. Well, this makes her... Look, this makes McLaughlin's case look even worse, okay? A much more technically sound fighter that he got into the ring with, but just couldn't compete with overwhelming physical strength of her opponent. She got bullied, let's be real. Provost punches bounced off of McLaughlin like a baby lion's off its father. And when she was pinned to the ground, she couldn't move and quickly tapped out. None of which is entirely surprising given that McLaughlin spent six years serving as a U.S. Special Forces as a man. There's a striking topless photograph of her during her time in military service. In it, she closely resembles the stereotypical appearance of a male Special Forces operative with a full beard, mustache, very muscular arms and torso. At this point, let me be clear, McLaughlin was a war hero, rising through the Army ranks to become Special Forces Medical Sergeant who went to serve in Afghanistan in 2007 as part of an elite 12-man team. Look, all the respect in the world for that and what you did then, but I don't have to respect what you're doing now, okay? There, she helped save many lives, he 
he treated IED casualties in a highly dangerous combat zone. I have huge respect for her military service, he, during which he was awarded eight Distinguished Service Medals. Just as I also had huge empathy for anybody whose mother couldn't cope with her son, desired to be a woman, and has now disowned him. Okay, so his mother, I guess, has let him go in his life. And, uh, you know, this is a decision he chose to make. And, uh, you know, I don't know the specifics around that. And honestly, it has very little to do with him stepping into the ring with females now. Okay? Now, let's go down here. But regardless of her, him, military record or personal struggles growing up, none of this justifies what happened on Friday night. I found the bout sickening to watch. It was obvious very quickly that McLaughlin was too strong and equally obvious that his strength came from 33 years he spent as a biological man. As I've said before, the restrictive hormone treatment that sports authorities make transgender women do before they can compete does not reduce muscle density or power. This creates a bad enough unfairness in a non-contact sport like sprinting or weightlifting, but when it comes to combat sport like MMA, it creates a potentially deadly disparity. I once asked the UK government minister who supports trans women competing in women's sports if she would be okay if Floyd Mayweather announced he was transitioning, got into the ring to fight women born with female bodies. She refused to say it would be unfair because she was too terrified of upsetting the very vocal and aggressive trans activist lobby. That's how crazy this debate has got. At the time, I warned that something similar would inevitably happen and would present a lethal threat to women. It was promptly accused of being a transphobic scaremonger. But I'm neither. I've always supported trans rights to fairness and equality. Now he goes on to talk about that him and Trump did get into it over transgender rights, etc., etc. If you're in any doubt about how unfair this all is, let me take you through a brief history of what happened when male athletes have transitioned to women and then competed against women born with female bodies. In 2017, sprinter Cece Telfer, we have covered her on this channel, was ranked 390th among males in the NC2A division, athletes in the 400-meter hurdle. In 2018, Telfer transitioned. In 2019, Telfer was the NC2A Division II women's 400-meter champion. Now he talks about Laurel Hubbard failed to qualify for any men's international tournaments during 14 years of competing as a man. Then Hubbard transitioned, qualified for 11 tournaments, including the Tokyo Olympics. Australian handball player Hannah Mouncey scored zero goals in 22 appearances for the Australian men's handball team. Transitioned, scored 23 goals in six appearances for the women. And he goes on to talk about uh, another instance in cricket. We've already seen the same unfairness manifest itself with the first transgender MMA fighter, Fallon Fox, who served in the U.S. Navy, then transitioned, became an MMA fighter, 
and won all but one fight. In one of them, she fractured a woman's skull. I fear it is to the worst is yet to come. The Guardian builds itself as a women-friendly feminist newspaper, yet its interview with Lana McLaughlin was unquestionably supportive despite the very serious danger trans women MMA fighters so obviously pose to women born in female bodies. Celine Provost could have been put down as so-called progressive feminists around the world welcomed and celebrated the event that could have caused it. As for McLaughlin, she has posted indignant Instagram messages hitting back at her critics with a seriously disingenuous assessment of the fight. That's where she goes on to kind of try to prop up the the lady that she fought who ultimately was, uh, you know, bullied down by this fighter. Let's be real. She added some hashtags below, including hashtag girls like us. But the truth is McLaughlin is not a girl like the opponent she was fighting. She was born with a massive physical advantage of being in a male body. And the next girl with a female body that she fights might not come out. Okay, so, he, you know, he's, he's coming out and he's showing the, he, he's talking about the very raw side of this. Okay, the ultimate price that one of these female fighters may end up having to pay if they step into a ring with somebody like Alana McLaughlin. Okay, and Pierce is not wrong. I think that's the fear that a lot of us have. You know, I don't like the competitive imbalance part of this one bit. It's unfair. It's not a fair fight. And now we're talking about literal combat sports. I mean, it's bad enough that it's things like sprinting and all these things. You know, women are losing scholarships to universities now to men. Okay. Plain and simple. But Pierce is talking about the real Horrible side of this, okay? The the side that could take a really awful turn, okay? And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of these UFC fighters speaking out. It's one of the reasons we're talking about it in videos, okay? It's just not fair, and it's dangerous. It is. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Man, I see this as an ongoing theme more fighters are going to come out and speak out against this. The UFC, those fighters, they're not going to stay quiet. Okay, they're not. I'm waiting for somebody to challenge this person to a fight is what I really am waiting to have happen. One of the men. Yeah. Then let's see you fight. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Yesterday, I did a video where former UFC fighter Jake Shields called out Alana McLaughlin in case you're wondering or just trying to catch up, Alana McLaughlin is a male transgender who fought a real Shonuff female the other day and beat the crap out of her using a rear naked choke. Now, it seems that Alana McLaughlin, before the transition, the change, whatever they're calling it these days, 
uh, was actually an Army Ranger, Special Forces, forever, a long time. Okay, and this gentleman had an impressive military career. I got respect for what you did in your service for the country. But then you decided to transition to female and you went in the MMA and now you are beating the crud out of actual women. Now, somehow, while everybody's put, pushing this ideology, nobody nobody's looking at the fact that this is a dude beating on a female. Plain and simple, okay? Let's just strip everything back. The Florida Athletic Commission somehow, some way, used the mental gymnastics to actually approve and sanction this fight. Sean Strickland, also of the UFC, Jake Shields, they both dogged out the, the Athletic Commission uh, for approving this fight. Sean Strickland called uh, Alana McLaughlin flat a coward. A coward, okay? Uh, McLaughlin went out there on Instagram and tried to dog out the people like me, giving her criticism, or him criticism, for getting in the ring with a female, tried to justify it by saying, well, said female beat the crap out of me for uh, a round and a half, except all of a sudden your dudeness came out, okay? Your actual dudeness, your maleness came out. You overpowered the female fighter, okay? You bullied her down to the ground, and you choked her out with a rear naked choke. Now, it's crazy. All these people chanting women's rights. Where are you right now, exactly? Where are you? Okay, we've seen this transgender thing happening. Laura Hubbard in the Olympics with weightlifting, yada, 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 yada. Okay, it's one thing. It's, it's one thing to have a, a, a competitive imbalance, okay? But now you've got a competitive imbalance that is going to hurt somebody badly, all right? It's going to hurt somebody badly, and this is going to end up turning out not good, Okay, um, I don't want to have to make that video at some point, right? So, uh, and as with all these UFC fighters, whether it's Kobe Covington or Jorge Masvidal, Sean Strickland, we've got another Sean in the UFC that has stepped up, and he's just calling it like he sees it when it comes to Alana getting in the ring and fighting a woman. This is MMA News. Sean O'Malley on Alana McLaughlin. You can tell that's a dude. Sean O'Malley isn't on board with Alana McLaughlin's women's MMA career. Transgender fighter Alana McLaughlin has been attracting more attention by the day since her MMA debut last Friday. And I contend that a lot of this that we're seeing is, number one, I can't get into... Uh, the octagon or the ring with a male MMA fighter and win. Okay. And, uh, so I need some kind of competitive advantage. I've said, you don't see this going the other way around, right? Uh, today that attention will get amplified multifold with one of the sports rising stars weighing in on the subject in sugar. Sean O'Malley, the UFC middleweight Sean Strickland was the first UFC fighter to publicly speak out against McLaughlin's career. In an Instagram story from earlier this week, Strickland branded McLaughlin as a coward who should get out 
of MMA for women. O'Malley didn't take the diplomatic route in sharing his thoughts on the sensitive issue. Like Strickland, O'Malley had unflattering descriptors for the MMA newcomer. I don't think that's okay. I just don't think it's okay. And just competing in sports. I mean, especially mixed, he said on his YouTube channel. He's got a YouTube channel. Go subscribe. Quote, it's like she had testosterone for who knows, 20, 30 years of life, and now I'm a girl. And look at that. You could tell that's a dude. A jacked girl. I mean, look at those arms. For her part, Alana McLaughlin has already put out a message via Instagram to her critics soon after her successful debut before expressing her pleasure in blocking transphobes. You're going to get somebody killed. Come on. McLaughlin stated that the post would be the only time he addresses the subject. As more prominent figures begin to weigh in on her career, it will grow increasingly difficult for her or him to stick to that vow. This is crazy, folks. It is absolutely crazy. Wokeness is getting to the point where it has now become a physical danger to other people, okay? Uh, Never mind the things we see that goes on in the streets. But athletically, it is now a physical danger where people are going to get seriously hurt. Okay, we haven't seen this in boxing yet, but I'm sure at some point it will be coming. Maybe it has. I don't know. But mixed martial arts at this point is the hotter sport than boxing, so it's it's grabbing the attention. And look at the fallout from this, okay? Look at all that's going around this. And, of course, uh, this is being celebrated as brave, stunning, and courageous when it seems awfully cowardly to me. It does. I find this repugnant. Look, if you're a female fighter out there, don't take a fight with this person. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. Seriously, potentially. Okay? Uh, Regardless of any of the quote-unquote transitions and all of that stuff that goes on there is a physicality that comes with being a male that females don't have okay i i I don't there's no other way we can look at it no other way we can say it and in cases like this sometimes you just have to be as frank as possible tell me what you think black and white sports fans this isn't the only video i've got coming on this person today um This is going to be a topic. Dana White, where are you? I want to hear from you. Black and white sports fans want to hear from you. Dana White on this subject. Um, I would love to. We've heard before UFC is not going to sanction fights or not going to promote and and include these mixed fights like this. Uh, But I would love to hear Dana talk about this one specific incident and fighter. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
I'm back. Rodrance for our black and white sports. Oh, we're going to talk about AC Milan striker Zalatan Abrahamovic. Yeah, that guy. This is the guy that earlier this year essentially told LeBron James, LaChina James, LaWoke James, LaBronda James, LaVirtue Signaling James to shut the hell up and get out of the politic talking business. Why? Because LeBron James didn't know what he was talking about. And as you know, if you follow this channel, we have chronicled LeBron James and his many ignorant exploits over the last two years. My God, 10 million views on this channel have probably come from LeBron and all of the ignorant things he has said over the last 18 months, whether it's Breonna Taylor, whether it's doxing out the Ohio policeman that saved a black girl, by the way, whether it's the L.A. County deputies that got shot and LeBron right after LeBron said that the police we're hunting black people in this country are the many, many other stupid things that LeBron has said, basically turning his back on at least half of America that supported number 45. Well, Zolotan has told LeBron to shut the hell up once again. We're going to get to that in just a second. Very quickly, I'm wearing our LaChina James shirt. The one in red you see on the screen. You can grab this bad boy out of our merch store. This shirt, any other shirt right now, 25% off. Use promo code USA First. All one word, USA First, will get you 25% off this shirt or any other shirt in the merch store. This is from Fox News. AC Milan striker Zalatan Abrahamovic. And LA, L.A. Lakers superstar LeBron James have a difference of opinion when talking about sports and politics. The Swedish soccer star said that sports unite while politics separate people. He is absolutely not wrong. In a recent interview, unfortunately, politics is literally dividing the country. Politics is dividing the country. Now sports is dividing the country. In a recent interview with France Football, Ibrahim Movic spoke out on his exchange with James. They actually got into an exchange earlier, earlier in the year. Quote, I said, we are not politicians. Politics divides people. He reiterated, football in my world unites people. Big difference. Because I had the chance to meet and get to know people I would never have known if I did not play football. I have met people from all four corners of the world. We unite people. Politicians divide facts. If I wanted to be a politician, I would do politics. We should only do what we're good at. He is saying right there, LeBron James, you talk politics and you're terrible at it. You're awful at it. You're dangerous at it. Sports and politics are two different categories. If you are intelligent, you understand. He just called LeBron James ignorant. Hmm. I can't say that he's wrong. Abraham Movic said that he is not here to, quote, send a bad message to people. I am just here to unite, spread love and joy, he continued. This is the best means we have to do it. Football or sport. 
because we are good for that. I am good for that. I am good at football. Back in March, Ibrahim Movic sent a message directly to James regarding this topic. LeBron is phenomenal at what he's doing, but I don't like when people have some kind of status. They go and do politics at the same time with what they're doing. Do what you're good at. Essentially, shut up and dribble, LeBron. James responded by saying, there's no way I would ever just stick to sports because I understand how this platform and how powerful my voice is. That's like, I've said, LeBron's got influence over the weak-minded and the ignorant, which can be very dangerous, as, as large as his reach is. James had a very different outlook than Ibrahim Movic when it comes to politics, so it will be interesting to see how he responds this time around. Yeah, they had kind of gotten into it back and forth. Now, we know LeBron got heavily involved with endorsing, endorsing Joe Biden, somebody that literally came out and said, if you don't vote for him, you aren't black, and somebody who followed around Robert Byrd forever. But do you think LeBron actually knew this, or was he too lazy to do his research, or was he just falling in line with standard operating procedure among people that believe they have to support Biden. Who knows? Who knows? Look, it takes somebody to somebody special to truly break away from the status quo. Okay, if LeBron James would have went the direction that Jason Whitlock goes, then yeah. You know what, LeBron? You could actually talk about something because you would take your time to learn your facts, get educated, and then spread a different narrative than we're used to hearing out of you freaking leftists. By the way, he created more than a vote because he swears up and down that black people's vote is being suppressed in the United States. We know this is absolutely not a fact, okay? It's not a fact. It is going out there creating an organization just to spread a lie. I keep saying what LeBron's got to say can be dangerous, okay? If he's not directly influencing, he's indirectly influencing. And he's done it for months now. And, um, you know, the look, the AC Milan star is just like, look, you don't know what you're talking about, LeBron. You can play basketball, Play basketball, but when it comes to politics, shut your mouth because you're ignorant. You don't know what you're talking about. I think we can all echo his sentiments when it comes to LaChina, right? And it's and once again, we'll say this for the umpteenth time, for all the things that LeBron wants to run his mouth about, you could hear an ant piss on cotton. When it comes to LeBron actually speaking up and talking about the indiscretions of China, he won't say nothing. All of a sudden, you can hear a pin drop. He shuts up. Crickets start chirping. Ignorant. Ignorant. Um, jumped on Daryl Morey because he's quote-unquote not educated. How much higher do you think Daryl Morey's IQ is than LeBron James's? Really? Daryl Morey's one of the most intelligent men in all any sports organization in the world. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. 
Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans, we need to talk about the NFL or the woke NFL. The NFL last season went super duper woke at the beginning of the season and it tapered off. They played the black national anthem, the quote unquote black national anthem, even though we only have one national anthem for this country. And it is the Star Spangled Banner. The NFL decided to bring that back this year only on special games, special national televised games. And we saw it during the first game on Thursday night between the Patriots and the Cowboys. Alicia Keys uh, sung the song. It seemed like it was just a repeat of um, what she did last year. It was video recorded. And the NFL did get backlash on this. People were roasting them for playing a separate national anthem. Even a liberal like Bill Maher called it segregation under a different name. Now, has this deterred the NFL from playing the black national anthem at any other games? No, absolutely not, folks, because check this out, guys. NFL to play black national anthem before every game now in 2021-2022 season. Unbelievable, man. The NFL is trying to alienate people even more now. One week, they still haven't learned their lesson that people do not want two different national anthems. And I'm talking about liberals and conservatives because Megyn Kelly, conservative, Bill Maher, liberal. They don't want to hear two different national anthems. And me, myself, even as a black man, I do not want two national anthems being played. It is divisive. It's completely ridiculous here. OK, and it says here the football organization is continuing to show their support for the black community. How is playing lift every voice and sing showing support for the black community? I'm willing to bet, folks, that half of black people don't even know the words to lift every voice and sing. They don't. I mean, when I was growing up, yeah, we sung the song. I liked the song, but nobody was patriotic to that song like the national anthem. Insane. It says here with the start of the new football season, the NFL is taking measures to ensure that their fight for social justice continues. According to the New York Times, the football organization will play Lift Every Voice and Sing, a.k.a. the Black National Anthem, amid all pregame ceremonies. Now, a week ago, that was not the case. So any game that you watch now, if you have a um, Sunday ticket, the game's not on uh, nationally televised, you will hear the playing of Lift Every Voice and Sing during the pregame. How do you guys actually feel about that? I believe this is going to create more animosity. It's going to turn more people off. And I don't know why the NFL wants to do this. I mean, the NFL is the number one sports league in America. Even the NBA hasn't played a separate national anthem. Now, they played our own national anthem and the NBA players have knelt for the national anthem. but 
Let Their Voice and Sing is getting played at NFL games before the national anthem. Like it's more important to play that than the actual national anthem that we have. This is completely ridiculous here. Now, it says here. Nearly a year after the NFL announced that the Black National Anthem will be, will be played for every single game. The decision, however, has been criticized by some, including journalist Megan, Megan Kelly. Quote, I don't think the average American black or white wants to hear the Black National Anthem before they hear the National Anthem. And it's no offense against people of color. We're one country. Absolutely. We're supposed to be one country. But. There's people out there, I believe, that want to bring us back to segregation. We don't need separate anthems. She's right. She sounds a whole lot like Bill Maher. And she's a conservative. It's a chance to come together, celebrate America, and then play a sports game. And not to shove politics or divisive cultural issues down the throats of the viewers who are getting, who are looking for a getaway. Absolutely. And of course, you know, they already have the social justice end zones uh, in racism and it takes all of us. Now, in week one, for some reason, I didn't see a whole bunch of um, the in racism end zones, but I saw a lot of the um, it takes all of us. Maybe that was just a coincidence. You know, I'm not really sure. But however, we also have this report also as well, because another article here. Comes out and says that the NFL is going to um, play the black national anthem before every game, during the pregame ceremonies. But they always they also say this right here. It says, as far as kneeling during the anthem is, is concerned, front office sports reports that the league and its 32 teams will not hinder the ability of the league's 1,700 players to take a knee or otherwise protest on field during the U.S. National Anthem. Wow. So we know that Jerry Jones is definitely against... um. Football players, NFL players on the Cowboys, he wants them to stand up for the anthem. Now, there was only one Dallas Cowboys player last season that knelt for the anthem. That was Tatari Poe, and he was actually cut from the Cowboys. Only got a kneel, and he got cut, but he was also pretty pathetic, out of shape. So that was the actual real reason why he was let go by Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. But this is just... Completely ridiculous, guys. The NFL doubling down and bringing in the quote unquote black national anthem in before every single NFL game. People just want their sports. People only want one anthem. We only have one anthem. I'm willing to bet if you poll black people, okay, because this is supposed to be pandering to black people, I'm willing to bet. The overwhelming majority believe that we only have one national anthem, and that's the Star Spangled Banner. If you polled a vast majority of black people, I'm willing to bet they don't even know all the lyrics to Lift Every Voice and Sing. They don't. I mean, I've sung the song before. Like I said, I like it. I don't even know all the words. I really don't. But I do know all of the words to our national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. The NFL is going to pay a price for this. And we know our viewers on here, a lot of you guys have just completely tuned out. But of course, you know, me and Rhodes watch the NFL because we actually cover the games. That's what we got to do. That's our job. 
But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, the NFL doubling and tripling down and going extra super duper woke. Black National Anthem is here to stay, guys. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans, we're going to talk about the Met Gala once again because it seems like the Met Gala is full of social justice warriors. We already talked about uh, Naomi Osaka showing up over there. And now we got to talk about an old friend of the channel. I'm pretty sure she does not like this channel whatsoever if she's ever watched our videos because we have been very, very critical of this female athlete. And I'm talking about Megan Rapino, a.k.a. Megan Woke Pino, somewhere along those lines. Yeah, the woman that loves to kneel for the national anthem, social justice warrior extraordinaire, probably the most woke athlete out there. Because it's all about virtue signaling. Well, Megan Rapino shows up at the Met Gala. And guys, for somebody that's so oppressed, you know, because these athletes, these woke athletes, always talking about themselves being oppressed. Megan Rapino talking about equal pay. But Megan Rapino can show up to the Met Gala where you have to pay $30,000 to enter the Met Gala. Wow. That's some kind of oppression, folks. I don't have 30K to go to some event to be around other elites patting them on the back. You know, virtue signaling for the cameras. You had uh, AOC over there talking about Tats the Rich. We already talked about Naomi Osaka. You had Megan Rapino over there. And she was also virtue signaling once again for the alphabet community. So let's go over here, my friends. And you'll see Megan Rapino right here showing up for the cameras. You know, you want to know what's funny about this, too? Most of these people are all leftists, by the way, and none of none of them are wearing masks. However, the media and the people working the event, they had to wear masks. Just saying, just saying. But let's uh, move on here. So it says here, Met Gala, Meg Rapino sends a clear message Upon arrival. Here we go, guys. Meg Rapino made a bit statement when she attended the Met Gala Monday nights. The 36 year old soccer star was seen wearing a red silk Sergio Hudson pantsuit with a blue blouse with white stars. You know, know what's funny about these articles? Every time you have some type of a red carpet event, man, they always go into details of what people are wearing. And usually it's pretty, pretty uh, extreme. If you ask me, I don't believe anybody really cares, but I digress. She was also holding a purse that had the words in gay we trust written over it. And this is the picture right there, folks. Wow. Not in God we trust. Oh, no, you can't. You can't mention God, of course, you know, to to leftists. 
and woke athletes at that. But anyway, Rapino has always been outspoken when it comes to human rights and social justice. And the Met Gala was a was a way for her to use a bit platform to voice her opinion. Well, she's been kneeling for the national anthem, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff pretty much on every single match. If you haven't been paying attention, well, nobody really watched her anyway. So I guess we'll move on. In an interview with NPR last year, Rapino talked about the women in soccer and getting paid significantly less than the men, despite the U.S. women's soccer team has had more success over the last 20 years. That is a complete line. A judge has even ruled that the women actually make more than the men. You you want to know why? Because the women actually get benefits. The men do not. This is ridiculous. Now, if you want equal pay, Megan Rapino, I'm pretty sure some other uh, soccer players out there want to know how can you afford to go to something like this when we can't, when we're struggling, you know, for child care and all of this other stuff that they were actually complaining about. And they get paid more than the, the men. OK. It goes on here, quote, the amount of money that we could possibly earn in our contract compared to the amount of money that the men could earn possibly earn in a contract is very different. I think a lot of it, a lot of it is made about the guaranteed money in our contract and the different compensation structures that we have. But when you look at the possibility of money for each team, ours is vastly, vastly lower than men. Another line. This is what you get out of woke athletes right here. You know what, man? I, I don't know. What the future is for Megan Rapino. You know, maybe she should go down the Colin Kaepernick route. I mean, she's 36 years old now. And I believe that she get she's getting close to the end. I mean, she's even thinking about, you know, actually retiring, you know, 36 years old retiring must be nice, must be very, very nice. But we know that Megan Rapino is not a victim. I mean, she has endorsement deals, even though, you know, Subway, the franchisees want to get rid of her because she is super bad for business. It's extremely bad for business. The people don't like her. They don't like her. But, you know, the media, they love Megan Rapino because Megan Rapino fits the social justice structure. She does. The blue hair, part of the alphabet community, always talking about, you know, being oppressed. And, you know, what's funny, guys. Why is it always the the well off athletes that always want to tell tell you how you're being oppressed. They never tell you how they actually worked hard to get where they are, i.e. LaChana James. You know, he's a professional victim also, just like Megan Rapino. And now you got Naomi Osaka going down that same route as well, who also was there. Thirty thousand dollars. But think of this, guys. Megan Rapino, professional victim and Naomi Osaka, a professional victim, popping up thirty thousand dollars to go to this event. Really? They want to tell you how bad it is for them, how bad it is for other people. This is all virtue sitting, guys, all complete virtue sitting. Manga Rapino, the most woke athlete on the planet. And I believe she's probably more woke than LeBron James. But I think LeBron is more dangerous because he has a much bigger name than Megan Rapino. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. The woke Met Gala, woke athletes galore, Hollywood, man, this is pathetic, man. Absolutely pathetic that these athletes always want to preach victimhood, even though 
they are pretty well off and they get no flack from the media. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Oh, as with many UFC fighters, and we like covering the UFC as best we can on this channel. We cover it some on the other channel as well. Black and White Live. Go subscribe. Well, UFC fighters are unapologetic and they're unafraid to say what they mean. A reflection of their leader, Dana White, who, of course, built the UFC up into a billion-dollar company. And the other day, we had a transgender, a former male slash still male, that went out there and beat a woman in somehow, some way, a sanctioned MMA fight, mixed martial arts, went out there and found a way to legally beat the hell out of a woman. Now, said fighter, an ex-Army Special Forces Ranger, that's right, an ex-Army Ranger, who has went through the quote-unquote change, I, I, I don't know what that means, and I don't care, okay? Uh, claim that because said woman that he fought uh, held her own for a full round, that, well, it was a fair fight. Well, the woman fighter may have been more technically sound than you. But the fact is, with sheer physicality, you wore the woman down and then rear-naked choked her out, a woman, okay? And I don't condone that. In no way, shape, or form am I going to condone it. In no way, shape, or form do I think that's okay. I'm shocked that an athletic commission would uh, sanction the fight, and that makes them a joke, okay? So, now we enter two UFC fighters a former UFC fighter and a current UFC fighter, much like Kobe Covington, much like Jorge Masvidal, like their leader, Dana White, unapologetic, and they have slammed the shit out of Alana McLaughlin, a male transgender who went out and beat a female. And Sean didn't pull any punches, Strickland, and the other fighter slammed the athletic commission for having sanctioned the fight. Let's get to this. All right. Get out of MMA, coward. Slams transgender fighter Alana McLaughlin. No one, not one to hold back his thoughts. Sean Strickland has ridiculed the second openly transgender fighter in MMA, Alana McLaughlin. The 30-year-old claimed that McLaughlin, changing her name and calling herself, quote, a woman, will not convince him to believe the new Combate Global star is biologically a female. Exactly. McLaughlin became the subject of controversy following her win over Celine Provost on Friday night. She cruised past the French opponent via submission in the second round. Strickland called McLaughlin a coward and criticized the Athletic Commission for sanctioning the fight. And this is exactly what he said. 
change your name, call yourself a woman, but you're still a effing man. Get out of women's MMA, coward. This is why athletic commissions are useless. And this is the fighter, the guy on the left with all the tattoos, went in the ring against a female. Strickland is set to fight Luke Rockhold at UFC 268. In his last outing, he breezed past Uriah Hall in convincing fashion. And he goes on to talk about that score in that fight. Former UFC fighter Jake Shields, I think we all remember Jake, also echoed Strickland's thoughts. The 42-year-old suggested that all promotions and athletic commissions should avoid letting a trans woman compete in women's MMA. Quote, this is just insane that any fight show or commission would allow a trans woman to fight a, a trans person to fight a woman. Alana McLaughlin responded to her critics. This was something I covered the other day in a video talking about nasty messages and how she was being called a cheater. You, him, are being called a cheater. I'm getting variations of the same nasty messages calling me a cheater. Like I didn't just get beat on for a round and a half. I'm, I'm not sure that matters, man. Y'all need to show at Celine Grande some respect and take your concern trolling elsewhere. They're not trolling you, man. They're worried about the safety of the woman. Your dude in the, in the octagon with a woman beating the hell out of her. Really? Okay. I mean, somebody left a comment the other day that literally said, somehow, some way, this dude has figured out a way to legally beat women. Not cool. Okay? Not cool. I, I can't believe anybody in this day and time, with all the people that are so concerned about so many social issues and the women's rights and uh, all these things, that this is okay. That's it. We're just going to let a dude get in the octagon and uh, or and or ring and beat on a woman. That's what's happening here. Okay, I mean, where I come from here in Texas, you're pretty much the lowest form of human scum if you choose to 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 fight a woman and you're a dude. I mean, really? Come on. And I've said, I said the other day. I mean, come on. For crying out loud, you, why do you never see this the other way around? A woman has decided to go over and be a dude and get in the ring with men. I don't know if it's happened, but I can't remember it happening. And we see this over and over again, and it's always male going to female and now competing. And it's like, hmm, one of these sprinters a while back literally was like the 400th sprinter in the world and then moved over to compete against women and was winning events. What does that tell you? Okay, Laurel Hubbard pulls a weightlifting record. A record that the person that held it, a woman who was pissed, come out and said, there is no woman that would have beat my record. Period. When she found out who broke it, she said, there's no woman that broke my record. And they said, well, it was formerly a male. There you go. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Look, I appreciate these guys like Sean uh, coming out, speaking their mind. Guys from the UFC, uh, they're, they're not afraid to, to come out and say what they, they think. Jake Shields, I watched him fight him many a time. Tell me what you think. I think this is wrong. I do. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. 
be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Well, I love to do a video when it's regarding one of my favorite comedians ever, Bill Burr, the star of The Mandalorian, contributor to The Chappelle Show, in my opinion, still the best comedy of all time, variety show that got too hot for Comedy Central, and they just wore Dave Chappelle out to the point he threw his hands up and walked away because they were trying to censor his show. Well, Bill Burr, who has a podcast, and he drops bombs regularly on said podcast. He dogged out the NBA a while back. And this time, he takes aim at the NFL. They've also tried to cancel Bill quite a few times. And Bill simply doesn't give a damn. Bill comes out, and he has completely roasted Roger Goodell and the NFL over, guess what? The hypocrisy of Black Lives Matter. And it's not lost on Bill Burr, the irony between CTE scheduling another game, acting like you're hiding it because you're trading it out for a preseason game that the players aren't playing in anyway, and then claiming to give a damn about Black Lives Mattering. Well, we know in the NFL, the almighty dollar rules all. Let's get to this. Bill Burr roasts the NFL for promoting Black Lives Matter while scheduling more games after all the shit they know about CTE. (laughs) If you just started watching the NFL this year and became witness to the way they're desperately attempting to protect players from COVID-19 while simultaneously promoting social justice messaging, you might assume this league really cares about its players. Yeah, okay. But if you watched the NFL during any previous decades, you're likely to remember that this was a league promoting vicious hits and sending players back onto the field with head trauma. Junior Seau, anybody. Comedian Bill Burr mocked the NFL on his recent podcast for being hypocrites. Quote, dude. How funny is it that the NFL has Black Lives Matter written on the back of their helmets as they also make the predominantly black league play an extra game every year after all the shit they know about CTE, Burr ranted on these Monday morning podcast. The comedian went on the joke about players requesting to eliminate one exhibition game for safety concerns while the NFL used it as a bizarre opportunity to leverage a longer regular season. Quote, I thought that was bizarre. Burr added after mocking NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. For years, the NFL attempted to ignore what a lifetime of playing football can do to a person's brain and masked its links to CTE. It was not until recent years that the league began to acknowledge the link between football and degenerative brain disease. While the new rules have been developed to eliminate some of the sport's dangerous collisions, adding games to the schedule might not be in the player's best physical interest. Black athletes account for nearly 60% of the NFL's players, 
Burr's argument implies that if the NFL believes black lives matter, then the league should be protecting black lives on the football field, too. And he's not wrong. We know about all these different players, some of the physical problems they've had. We've, you know, we've seen them get a hold of their brains. They've got CTE. They've proven it. And, of course, it's affected the product on the field. Very recently, Brett Favre come out and said he doesn't think kids should play tackle football until they're older. We're talking about a football player that left it all out on the field every single week and got the ever-loving crap smashed out of him regularly. And it's because of CTE that he believes, hey, these these kids need to wait a little longer before they jump out there and play tackle football. Bill Burr is just stating the obvious. The league is virtue signaling. The league doesn't care about black lives. It doesn't care about black players. It does, however, care all about that green money. And if we're being real, the players are complete, co- completely compl- complicit in this as well. They are. Why? Because they get yet another split of revenue for the extra game. Another game check. Yeah, players are getting stretchered off the field. <laughs> and the league is wearing Black Lives Matter on the back of their helmets. Okay. Well, it seems to me like green money at the expense of a lot of these black players. Well, Bill Burr's not wrong about that. The league cares about cashing checks. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. And, of course, uh, you know, they tried to get rid of a preseason game. Look, we know starting players, even some second stringers, most second stringers, A lot of them don't see hardly any action in the preseason. So when they said, oh, we're going to get rid of that that fourth game, well, it was a bunch of guys that would be bagging groceries the next week that was playing in the fourth game anyway. Good job, Bill Burr, for calling this out. I love the fact that Bill Burr just don't care. He launches bombs. When Gina Carano got fired from The Mandalorian, he went out there on his podcast and he voiced the fact that he didn't like it and his friend got fired and he was pissed off over it. We need more celebrities to say what they think. Now, I don't agree with everything Bill Burr's got to say, particularly politically, but guys like him and Bill Maher lately are dropping some truth bombs. Have to acknowledge it. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, that's probably very, very few sporting events that you can recall exactly where you were when an event happened. Now, I remember in 1998, I remember the shot Michael Jordan in the NBA Finals. I remember that. He crossed over Brian Russell and he hit the last shot of his Chicago Bulls career for a sixth championship. However, I really don't remember the score. But there's no way anybody can forget the epic collapse by the Atlanta Falcons and the epic comeback by the New England Patriots in the 20 
16 Super Bowl. Right out here in Houston, by the way. I remember actually sitting down at a friend's house watching that game. The Patriots were way down. And I said, man, I don't know if they're going to win. But Tom Brady is not getting blown out in this game. And what happened? Third quarter. The score? 28-3. to Everybody remembers that score. That's probably only one of the few games in sports history where everybody knows 28 to 3. And unfortunately, ever since then, the Atlanta Falcons have never been the same. Matt Ryan was the MVP that year, went to the Super Bowl. And since then, Dan Quinn's got fired. The Atlanta Falcons have been a dumpster fire. They have not recovered from the 28 to 3 collapse in the Super Bowl. They haven't been the same. I don't know if they'll be the same again. But now, guys, Tom Brady is going to be playing the Atlanta Falcons in week two at home in Tampa Bay. Not with the Patriots, but however, it seems he is taking a shot at the Atlanta Falcons so they will never forget the epic collapse that they did in that Super Bowl and a great comeback by the Patriots on offense and defense to win the game in overtime. Check this out. Tom Brady trolls Falcons with 28 to 3 reference ahead of week two contests. Now, there is a video here of Tom Brady and I watched it a few times because I kind of missed it. It's subtle, but people have caught caught on and they caught the 28 to 3 reference. It says here. Tom Brady isn't slowing down anytime soon on the field based on his performance in week one. And his social media game appears to be in midseason form as he eyes his eighth Super Bowl. Yeah, Tom Brady was spectacular in week one, 44 years old, four TD passes. Matt Ryan didn't look so good against the uh, Eagles. They got blown out. I believe it was like 32 to six or something like that. Not good. Uh, Brady released a video to celebrate Tampa's week one win over Dallas on Thursday night. Telling Buccaneers fans it's great to be 1-0 before highlights of the victory rolled on the screen. But if you watch closely, Brady's video may not be so innocent after all. That's why I said you got to watch closely and I'm going to point it out here. The 44-year-old quarterback made sure to celebrate one of his previous Super Bowl victories in Monday's video. If you look above Brady's left shoulder, you can see... The time reading 328. In other words, the Patriots three, the Patriots uh, score three and the Atlanta Falcons 28. So 28 to three, likely a nod to his magical comeback to defeat the Falcons in, in the Super Bowl. Brady never lets a slight slip by him. He seems to never miss a chance for some trolling. And this is the video here. We're going to watch. Uh. A little bit of it here without sound. There's music here. Um, Don't want to get copyrighted, but let's check out a little bit of this. It's about 10 seconds in and then you'll see you'll see his computer background here. And. This is where you end up seeing. 328. So here we go. He's talking and I'm going to pause it when it gets very uh, there. It is right there. You can see the time on his screensaver. Three. 28 right there. A little bit more clear um, 
right about, let me go back. If you could, just in case you guys can't see it, because um, it was actually pretty clear. There you go, right there, 328. Now, guys, people may say, you know what? It's a coincidence, but I got to say, that's an extreme coincidence right there, unless Tom Brady actually meant to shoot this at 328. So did he actually do this on purpose or did he not do it on purpose? I'm not really sure. I just find it to be too much of a coincidence. And it's probably not a coincidence at all that Tom Brady did this on purpose. He probably did. He probably did. And Matt Ryan, man, he has to be thinking, man, we should have won that game all these years later. You know, the Atlanta Falcons, they're probably still living in the past thinking only if we won that game. But they didn't. And Tom Brady, the GOAT, that was his, uh, wow, that was his fifth Super Bowl right there. He still has won two more. And he likely can win a ridiculous eighth Super Bowl here. But what do you guys think of this? Do you guys think that Tom Brady was trolling the Atlanta Falcons on purpose? I mean, the man can't control time. But he can set this up at a certain time. So I believe he made sure to shoot this little 24 second clip at 328. You know, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's great. He's great. And this is a pretty good troll job if you actually play close attention. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. What is going on, black and white sports fans? I am back here with another video, and we're going to be talking about Naomi Osaka yet again, because we know that Naomi Osaka doesn't feel very, very comfortable speaking to the media when it comes to actually doing her job. The last few times she spoke to the media, she is broken out in tears playing the victim card when she feels very uncomfortable answering fair questions from the sports media. Now, she already quit tennis during the French Open. She said she was going to focus on her mental health. But yet, she was out, out there trying to build her brand, posing for pictures in Sports Illustrated. She's trying to promote herself when she said she was supposed to be working on her mental health. Now, when it came to the U.S. Open... She got beat again, and she said she was stepping away from the game. Didn't find it fun. Fine. I believe you should retire if that's the case. But we know she's going to be back. But yet again, guys, she's out there trying to promote her brand and brand bill at the Met Gala. So check this out, guys. Naomi Osaka arrives to co-chair the 2021 Met Gala 
and bold look co-designed by her sister. So she's one of the co-chairs at the Met Gala right here. And this is her showing up pretty extreme uh, dress right here, you know, posing for pictures. The media is taking pictures of her. You know, she seems to be very, very comfortable with that when it involves her building her brand. Okay. And trust me, she wants to build her brand. In this article here, she's talking about her and her sister. She says, quote, we both really love fashion and we love designing. Osaka said, adding that they pay homage to the theme of the night in America by representing her heritage. For me, Americana kind of means a midst of all cultures and distress. And this look kind of represents my two backgrounds, Haitian and Japanese. So I was really glad I was able to incorporated it incorporated she added and that's her with her uh, her boyfriend right there very very comfortable in front of those cameras right there but when it comes to tennis oh no she can't be very comfortable she can't but there's method behind her madness with this okay there is method behind her madness here it says here that she actually wants to get involved in the fashion industry. You see, this is what she was really trying to do here, folks. It says here, Osaka previously told people she wants to continue down the designer path. Quote, I'd like to start my own brand one day, probably together with my sister, she said of Mari. But for now, I'm loving collaborating with some great designers and learning the craft and the business. She put that out there for the media to take in. She's trying to use the media yet again to promote herself. But yet when it comes to playing tennis, she doesn't want to talk to the media. She doesn't want to do her job. And guys, she may actually never end up winning another Grand Slam title again. Because let's think about it, guys. She was pretty great on hard courts. Pretty great. And she stopped talking to the media, didn't want to talk to the media. She got in trouble with the uh, with the uh, tennis uh, WTA tour. And it became a problem. And she played the victim. She got fined, dropping out. But yet she has no problem whatsoever promoting her brand. This is her ultimate goal. Use the media to promote her brand. Now, in a nutshell, I don't have a problem with that, but, you know, she criticized the media for asking questions, you know, being unfair to players, that kind of thing, and crying and playing the victim so she can get sympathy. She's trying to have her cake and eat it too, guys, but that's not the way this should be working. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of Naomi Osaka stepping away from tennis, but yet going to the Met Gala? And trying to brand build. This is exactly what this was, folks. It was an opportunity to brand build and use the media. But when it comes to tennis again, you know, maybe she'll play the uh, the tour championships at the end of the year. I'm not really sure. Maybe she'll walk away from that, too. And the next major is the uh, Australian Open. And she's very good on the hard, hard courts. Will she speak to the media then? I believe she should probably just go ahead and retire. She has other interests. That's pretty obvious right there. And she said that tennis isn't fun anymore. 
And it seems like it's not fun anymore because of the media to her. She's making excuses. She needs to look in the mirror. Stop using the media. If you want to actually use the media to build your brand. It, you can't have it both ways like that, Naomi. You cannot have it both ways. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Naomi Osaka, brand building. Not working on mental health. You know, she seems pretty happy doing this. There's math method behind the madness of everything she's doing. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.